Well, I'm back in my studio, and it's hot out. I mean, really hot. You know, we live here in the mountains of western North Carolina, and we're not used to heat. We're used to uh, pretty temperate days and nights, but it's up 90 degrees, and that's in the shade. And I was out in my garden because uh, sort of an emergency session because it's been so hot, and I uh, didn't realize that the ground was drying out. And I plant these Japanese eggplants. There are two types of them. One is called Moneymaker, and one of them is called Show You Long. And these are the long Japanese type eggplants that are beautiful to eat. They're shiny, and you eat them with the skin on, and you can fry them, you can stew them. You can make them uh, into something like baba ganoush. They're just uh, wonderful, but they're hard to germinate. It took me a couple years till I realized that you had to raise the temperature of the germination tray in order to get these seeds to germinate. So this year, for the first time, I had a very good germination rate, but they grow slow and they're threatened by bugs, and I... I was dragging my feet, getting my garden going because I got so much else going on this year. And I got them out there like eight days ago and uh, I planted like 40 of these plants and I can't wait to get the eggplants because they're just outstanding and they are as exciting to me as tomatoes and thinking about summer. So I'm out there. Actually, uh, Manny came back a couple days ago, drove up from Miami, and he and I are walking the garden because he has a section that's his, the far end. And uh, I noticed that these eggplants, man, they're wilted and they're looking pitiful. So I run and I get a hose and I give each of them a drink. And uh, today I gave them a second drink. And it was hot out there, but the eggplants look good. So uh, I'm pleased about that air conditioner. And I don't normally do that because uh, I think it's, I, I, I prefer spending my money in other ways. But it was so hot in here. And my poor dog, Sammy, was laying on the floor looking like she was uh, <laughs> suffering. So I turn on the AC and I'm walking through the house. I shut all the windows. And I walk by the fireplace and there's this heat coming in that the air conditioner goes, you know, and it sucks up the wind and it uh, blows it into the evaporator for the cooling process. And as it does so, it brings in fresh air through the chimney from outside. So I say, oh man, I can't deal with this. So I get a ladder and I get some very thick aluminum foil. And uh, I climb up on the roof and I take off the cover of the chimney and I uh, cover that chimney with a couple of layers of aluminum foil and I get some wire and I tie it shut and I sit back on the roof to get back on the ladder and it is so hot that I burn my hands just pushing myself off the roof getting back on the ladder. Well, it's pitiful, so... uh, and I come back inside and I got stuff I, all over my, I got ashes from the cover and I got 
particles from the roof all over my hands. So I go to the sink and like I told you last week, I take water and I splash it all over myself and I wash my hands with the same soap I used last week. Wild oats. I'm excited this week. I think we got to get back and I'd like to tell you more of the story of Mama the Goat. Again, thanks to Anashira, our sponsor. If uh, you're stuck this summer working in some city, your place that you'd rather be out of, and you can't get to the ocean, why, I suggest you come onto our website and buy some of our beautiful soap, Playa del Mar. I'm telling you, use that, and the scent will take you right to the ocean. You'll smell the wind coming off the ocean. You'll smell the wind from the boardwalk, if you have any imagination. And don't forget to use discount code STORIES15. That's uh, designed for the listeners of Stories from Anashira. Thanks for being with us. And it's now time I'm going to get to our story today. Let's go get it. I left you last week, I told you that Mama was down in a field next to Manny's and uh, I didn't even go and visit her because I didn't want to see her. Well, you know, she was pregnant and her daughter was down there living with her. Remember the one we called Baby with our great sense of imagination in naming a goat. So they were both pregnant and we'd watch them every day. We'd drive home from the gym early in the morning and... uh, we just take a look at them, make sure they're okay. And Dawn would even go down and she'd drive down in the mule to visit them, take them some snacks. Well, one morning we drive by and we see a little baby. And we pull in the driveway and we, we go over there. And baby has given birth to her first baby goat. And we go in to see how she's doing And it's kind of strange because Mama is cleaning off the goat. Mama, who's still pregnant. Mama's like taking charge. She thinks it's her goat. So that isn't going to work. Poor baby's confused. She's not going to know what's going on unless she can be free to do what comes naturally. So I call Clifton and we decide we're going to take Mama up away from this baby and her mother so they can uh, do what they do and we'll leave mama up in the pasture with the barn that I've been preparing for my new goat which isn't here yet so we take mama up there and she's got a lot of grass and she's got no one bothering her and of course I give her uh, goat feed and I give her treats so she's pretty happy and the next morning We come back from the gym and we look over there and oh my, mama's up on the top of a hill under a cedar tree and we see two little white things underneath her. So Dawn and I head over there and holy moly, mama has given birth to two beautiful babies. They are so, they've just been born. They're wet. They haven't even stood up yet. So we're watching them and baby goats, They develop quickly. Within minutes, they're on their feet. Within more minutes, they're walking around. 
So mama knows us and she's, we've been there as she's given birth to almost all her babies and she's happy. She trusts us and she's licking them and these little goats are coming over and Dawn is picking them up. She's up on the top of the hill. If she stays there, there's danger that uh, the coyotes will see her and see those babies. And we have quite a few coyotes living around these mountains and they would jump over the fence and those babies would be gone. So we pick up the babies and lead mama back to the barn. So she settles in there and mama's happy and the babies are happy and they develop and some friends of ours come over and see them and everybody loves goat babies because they're jumping, they're playing, they're, uh, they got so much energy. You know, it's like everything you hear or see on, if you look at a video on YouTube, it's all true. That's what they do. So we kept mama here for about a week and a half and we take her back to uh, where she lived before down next to Manny's with her babies because she's not my goat. She's got to stay down there. And it's time for us to go out to the goat breeder and pick up my new goat. So Clifton and Don and I jump in his pickup and off we go. So we get out to the breeder. She lives in a place called Sandy Mush, which is an area that no tourist has ever seen unless they got really, really lost and really confused. And uh, this lady shows us a goat and we'd met her before. Very nice lady. Clifton had bought a goat from her years and years ago. And she says, well, this is your goat. Her name is Razmataz. She has papers. And there's only one drawback to her. She's a finicky eater. Now, to me, this was rather strange because I had not known a lot of goats, but I had heard that goats eat anything, including tin cans, which uh, I'm, you may have heard that same story going around. But Mama ate everything. Everything. There was nothing I could put in front of Mama that was vegetable matter or something that we might eat that she would not eat. So I see this lady has like six, eight, 50 gallon drums in her milking parlor. And she, this woman's milking 22 goats alone. And she's a small woman. She looks like a hobbit. Her age was. I don't know. It was anywhere from 60 to 90. And she had a husband who was helping her with the goats. And he was the least sociable human being I've ever seen in my life. And that includes places behind the Iron Curtain where I've been. They're more sociable over there. So here's Hobbit Lady. And she explains that Razmataz... Uh, she only likes a certain feed, and you can get this feed at Southern States, which is an outlet we have here in the South that sells uh, food and supplies for people with uh, animals. And she says it needs to be sweet feed. That's the only thing she'll eat, and she might eat a few oats, not pressed oats. And okay, so. Razmataz happens to have papers. She's a purebred goat. These papers have her mother and her father on it. 
and they're certified by the American Dairy Goat Association. So I've got a really special goat here. So we bring Razmataz, known as Miss Razzie or Razzie, we bring her home to her new digs. Now this is a pretty special place. Clifton built this barn, built it himself. It's in front of the house where his mother and father used to live for years, and his mother loved goats. She really liked goats. So Clifton built a barn, and it is solid. The floor is made of oak planks, and there are two parts to it. One part of the barn is the milking parlor and the supply room, and the goats just go through a big door, kind of like a gate. They get in there only to be milked, and this has a milking table on it with a stanchion and a manger where you feed the goat. The other section of the barn is where the goats hang out. They have a trough in there for feed. They have a uh, big area they can lay down, and it's protected from the elements. And there's a rack for hay for them to eat in the wintertime and a big door that leads to a big area on the side of a mountain with plenty of grass and weeds, all the stuff they like, briars. is very pretty. You look up and there are cedar trees growing up into the uh, distance. So Razzie should be happy. She should love her place. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Clifton and his goat before I continue with Razzie here. Clifton uh, rents me the barn and the pasture, and he has a beautiful farm. He started out, his family didn't have much money. Like he says, nobody had money in those days in western North Carolina. And he worked hard and he bought this land and he has cattle, he has a horse. For a long time he had goats. And his parents lived in this house that used to be a log cabin and was updated, running water and electricity. And uh, Clifton built this barn and he said, I always had lots of goats in there. I had goats and babies and my mama loved them. His mother used to sit on the porch and just watch these baby goats jump up and down and play around. And Clifton always had goats. He'd be milking in there. He'd have one or two does and other ones that he wouldn't be milking. So it's this place has history to it. And Clifton put an electric wire all around this pasture. So number one, he'd keep the goats from getting out and goats love to escape. The younger they are, the more they love to escape. There's a saying that if a fence won't hold water, it won't hold a goat. And uh, this is true for some goats. So actually, we had not met Clifton very long. He came by frequently, stopped by in the afternoons or the evenings, have a cup of coffee, and we'd chat. So he's telling us about what he did here and having goats. And he says, well, I'll show you a picture of this goat, Betsy. And he reaches into his wallet and he pulls out a picture. And he says, this is one of my favorite goats. I said, what kind of goat is it, Clifton? He says, it's a hamachi. And uh, I had no idea what a hamachi was. 
You know, I've heard of, I'd heard of boar goats. I'd heard of La Mancha goats. I never heard of a Hamachi. He said, oh yeah, I milked her for seven years. Look at the bags. Look at the bags she's got on her. And boy, she had a big udder. He said, I'd milk her and she'd sit there. And I said, well, what did you do with the milk? I drank it. My mama drank it. I gave it away. I look at him. I look at his wallet. And uh, the first picture in his wallet was the goat princess. And the next picture was a woman. And we had never met his wife yet. I said, well, who's that? He says, well, that's Shirley. That's my wife. And I, I said, well, the goat's picture is in front of Shirley's in your wallet? He said, well, yeah, I show Princess's picture a lot more than I show Shirley's picture. So that's some of the history of this place. And we put Razzie in there, and I uh, take her some feed. Actually, I grab her and get her up on the stand and milk her, and she gives a little milk. And I put some feed in there, some of the feed she's supposed to love, and she looks at it, shakes her head, shakes her head up and down, up and down, which I've learned means I don't like what you got in front of me. She doesn't eat anything. I put her back in her part of the barn. I've got fresh hay. I bought some beautiful grass hay, four bales of it. I've got it in the hay rack. She doesn't want the hay. She doesn't want to eat anything outside. I think, oh my, this is going to be an adventure. So I come home and I figure I'm going to get her something she might like to eat, carrots. I know she likes carrots. I'd seen her eat those. And I go back and you know what? There's a garage that goes with this house that used to be a log cabin that butts into the mountain where these goats live. And there's a spot on the corner of the garage where the electric wire doesn't go. And this goat has climbed up on the end of the garage and she's trying to get up there so she can escape. Now, if she got up and walked down to the front of the garage, which is nothing odd for a goat to do, you see him walking on roofs all the time, she would have fallen 12 feet, killed herself. So, man, I call Clifton. I say, Clifton, I need your help, buddy. This goat's trying to escape. Can you help me with this electric fence? We need to fix it. So, hey, I'm out of time. I'm not going to get to the story of Mama today. Well, we're just going to have to be patient. And you come back a week from now and uh, I'll finish this story. And hey, folks, don't forget to thank our friends at Anashira. And by the way... I want to remind everybody, we're live on iTunes now. We worked really hard to get up there. So uh, every podcast will be loaded. We're going to try to get them up every Wednesday. If you subscribe, you won't even have to look for them. Subscribe to Stories from Anashira on your iTunes site, and they'll pop up every week. And uh, we thank Anashira for its sponsorship. And we thank you very much for listening to these. And I'll be back next week with the continuation of this story 